What's poppin' everybody? Welcome back to the Music Corner Rift 808. I'm Nate. It's your boy Trent. What's up, Jimbo? <laughs> and we're back at What's it again. Poppin'? <laughs> What's poppin'? What's poppin', Jimbo? My V. We're back. I've not seen this show in forever. Alright, that's fair. <laughs> we got new albums, new tunes for the people like you. Let's jump into it here. First off, the uh, solo project, I believe it is, of Aaron Marshall called Intervals and his new album. Uh, how do I pronounce that? Circadian? Circadian, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, yeah. Best guess. Right, right. Uh, Sebastian, go ahead and start us off with this. It, you mean cir- circadian? Is that what it is? Circadian? <laughs> yeah, circadian. I do, uh, dude, I my, phonics, my phonics is shit. I never got taught phonics in school. So the fuck is phonics? Bro? Like the ability to like you know, you know like how like you know words are like sometimes you think it's said a, you think it's said a certain way but it's really a different way. It's just potato 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 <laughs> literally literally. But Sebastian, go ahead, start us off with this. So Katie, yeah, uh, I don't really have much to say about this album. I really liked it for one. Um, you know, instrumental projects this year have actually been really fucking good. Um, I've been loving a lot of different instrumental, uh, just, you know, acts and solo artists this year. Very cool. Uh, this album for me, I, I mean, we were talking about this before. I mean, it's one of the most prog things I've heard in a while. Uh, actually did a lot of progression in rock genre and everything like that. And cool. I, I definitely vibe with it a lot. I don't really have much to say. I mean, the mix very, very tight. You know, uh, the drum work, bass work, both just, you know, banged really hard on this. And it just, you know, it can tell. Like, honestly, I, I felt like he was using a Rick. I, I, I can kind of point out certain basses based on just the sound alone coming out of them. You know, if I if I hear, like, a Yes song, like, I know it's going to be a Rick. You know, if I hear an older Rush song, I think it's, you know, it's just like with a lot of prog it's just kind of like a staple and it sounds like that because it has that kind of mud and the really like mid based kind of uh just playing um yeah so I, I thought it was pretty good uh other than that you know i'm gonna give it a i'm giving an eight out of ten i don't really have much to say uh you know i'm gonna try to put more in because i have a lot more to say about the other bands this week not to say that this was bad definitely check out this intervals album Hope, I think y'all will definitely enjoy it if you like prog. Uh, if you like, I would say if you like kind of um, uh, trying to think like a kind of a the London Claypool like kind of delirium. Uh, if you like just that kind of like bass work, you're definitely gonna like this. Uh, I think it's very cool, groovy as hell. Love to see it, Trent. What do you gotta say? Uh, same thing. Honestly, it was really good. All all the instrumentation on this was amazing. Uh, and yeah, this is probably one of the you know best prog things I've heard in a while. I mean, go back to our episode about prog. This would definitely fit in that category. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and same. I'm same as Sebastian on this solid eight. Good shit. Yeah, I, and yeah, me too. I love this album a lot. Well, okay, didn't love it a lot, but I really enjoyed this album. It was like one of those things. I did what I said I should do. Uh, when listening to an instrumental album, and that's playing video games, having that on as some sort of background noise. But, like, with this, it's still, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, grooviness. There's a lot of really fun moments. There's even a song I saved, Dose, that is just, like, the most different on the whole album, and it's just really vibey. It's 
really good and i'm honestly like surprised i enjoyed it as much as i do considering i don't listen to too much instrumental music like the only other exception would be polyphia which is just a whole nother level of instrumentation but yeah uh for me i gave it a seven and a half out of ten still one of the better instrumental albums of this year all i gotta say about that so yeah we'll move on now got the next album here uh beba doobie her debut album, Fake It Flowers. Trent, go ahead and start us off. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying when I started this album, I was like, the sound sounds familiar. You know, I couldn't pinpoint it at the time because I couldn't check my phone because I was doing some other stuff. And when I could, yeah, when I did, I, I, I checked back and it was the fucking uh, the coffee thing, coffee song. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's from. Okay. And actually, you know, you have like the, the one that, uh, she did with the, the rapper or whatever, or I don't remember that guy, but the, her original one on the first, I think it was her first ever song, actually. Um, the original one is actually really good because it's, it's slowed down more than, uh, the one that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, album as a whole, I mean, it doesn't really, like, sound like her style changed too much uh i mean i was reading the little spotify notes as i was going through those things honestly always really help because you know it gives the perspective out of the artist and what they were you know doing for each song or in the entire album like i did it with dua lipa's and that's how i actually you know got a better uh look at what dua lipa was writing for this album um but no it really helped on the you know looking at those notes for the, the songs uh and honestly just I'm gonna tell her just keep doing what she's doing. You know, if if it works, it works. You know, uh, I I actually enjoyed it. It was very it was different than some of the shit we had on this <laughs> this yeah. week. Um, Definitely more chill than everything on here. Oh yeah, I mean it's gonna throw in a chill album here and Absolutely. there. You know, I I really love um, stuff like that. I mean, I, I, this isn't really it's not necessarily lo-fi. Uh, this is like the you know the softer side of alternative. I would say. Oh um, yeah. yeah. And it, it's really good. You know, you got, you know, upcoming artists like her. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, the album as a whole, honestly, solid seven and a half. Solid seven, man. It was really good. I probably would, I would come back to it. You know, if I, you know, having a rough day, I just need to chill out. This would definitely be an album that I'd come back to. Or if I'm just, you know, chilling on the patio or whatever, friends, I'd probably put this on. For sure. Yeah, I agree. This album for a debut album, super solid. Honestly, like... She pulled it off well. I wish I could have uh, listened to her more before that just to get an idea of, like, kind of what I was getting into. But I knew she was an alternative artist. I mean, shit, she was actually supposed to open for the 1975 this year uh, prior to COVID. So I was considering going to that show before that new album came out. And then I was like, ooh, I don't know if I'd want to spend the money just to sit through like 10 maybe even less songs from her and then sit through the 1975 there's another band too that was supposed to uh open for that tour i forget at the moment but looking here uh no rome pale waves the japanese house i don't think all those were supposed to open but i know one of them was also on that uh tour but nevertheless uh yeah with her she just she does it really well. She does alternative super well. And some of the songs that I really enjoyed on this album 
were definitely Care, Worth It, Diet Red, and uh, Charlie Brown. I even like emo song. I thought that was like that. That's kind of cutesy, you know, how she did that and everything. And I also love like some of the shoegaze she like incorporates in some of her songs too. It's just I'm. I know I've said it before. I'm a sucker for shoegaze, whether or not like a lot of people know about it. It's just ugh. the sound to it is just something that's so nostalgic for me. And she pulls that off so well. This whole album just feels nostalgic, you know? So yeah, overall, I ended up giving it a seven and a half out of 10. I'm definitely going to look out for her, uh, for more of her releases. And as you said, Trent, keep doing what you're doing. You know, she's doing it well and I hope she continues to do well. Sebastian. So, uh, with this album, I have a kind of a funny thing. Uh, I literally thought the album was called Fuck It Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the better title. <laughs> I literally sat there, like, laughing when I first saw the album name, but I'm like, wait, this is Fake It Flowers. I'm like, what the fuck name is that? And you'll say, I like this. Um, <laughs> fuck uh, Flowers. Fuck it. Flowers. I thought that would have been a really fun name, but I, I guess censorship. What? What? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was very pretty. Uh, this girl has a really really pretty voice. Uh, you can kind of tell she comes from that very like ukulele Instagram, you know, cover in parents' closet. You know, it's uh, <laughs> true. It's um, you can definitely tell she comes from that. But there's a lot of sincerity within her tone and her vocal delivery as well especially on emo song you know uh, i know you, we were all just saying like how like cutesy this all is and i have a soft spot for bubblegum pop i i don't really talk about much but i'm a huge huge sucker for bubblegum pop i don't know what it is about it but it's just so squeaky clean and just just manufactured up to the high hell but i just i love it it just it's like that it's like a really shitty little debbie like snack you know like you know how bad it is for you but you just you just love it because you see little debbie on the cover you're like you know what man these <laughs> calories yeah they're gonna fucking they're gonna hurt me you know i might have a clogged artery in the future who cares this is gonna probably taste good you know <laughs> little diabetes <laughs> right free uh free ho-hos with insulin coming down you know um <laughs> other than that the string section that does play the violins and like the cellos that you hear in a lot of the background pieces I think they do very well with her voice and even the ukulele that also plays with them. You know, I don't really like to think that classical instruments can combine with a ukulele, but I guess it works, you know. Uh, you know, I don't really like pick two things really coincide and not saying they can't work, but I just never expect it. Uh, other than that, I mean, you know, it had a lot of very good highs. Um, you know, the first couple of songs on the album were very tight the rest of it was pretty good as well i uh found myself actually repeating this album two times this week all the way through instead of the second time just being like hey i'm gonna listen to a couple of the songs that i wanted to uh kind of like get more of an opinion on but uh yeah with this one i listened two times all the way through and i can say be good uh i gave this one eight out of ten and uh, yeah that's that's yeah uh beba duty yeah there you have it so yeah we'll move on now to the new hate breed album weight of the false self yes weight of the false self uh this is the lowest point of the week for me personally uh was not impressed at all with this album it was very repetitive every song sounded the same unfortunately for me and i don't know i mean i thought 
there was something I mean I'd never really listened to hate breed prior you know maybe a couple songs that made mainly their most known songs but I thought there was something that was like really hype about hate breed at least from the fans and the community you know but either that's their older stuff that they're talking about or I'm missing something completely because I don't see anything interesting at all about hate breed it's just you know music maybe you'll work out to and just have on in the background at best i mean there's nothing interesting at all that this band does that i haven't already heard it's you know it's just hardcore that's that's it i ended up giving it a five out of ten uh because i mean while it is not the best thing ever it's still like you know it's hardcore and i have an appreciation for the genre but it's you know it's the lower lower tier of hardcore in my opinion so yeah five out of ten nothing else to say really about that unfortunately but yeah trent what'd you think um i've never really gotten to hate breed either i mean you know back when i was you know emo boy and hate breed would come on and be like yeah I don't know who this is but yeah <laughs> that's how I feel um but no I it was repetitive album uh I I will probably go back and listen to their older stuff just to you know get um you know the mindset back and you know I I like hardcore as well I'm not the biggest hardcore fan like you are Nate right um but you know still you know appreciation um but overall, I did the album was, is eh. I mean, there's only so much you can do with core. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely lowest point of the week for me as well. Probably, I'd, I'd probably say a five as well. There's nothing, is there, there's nothing notable with it. I mean, you know, we've gotten some bands, you know, the core that, uh, you know, do something a little bit different and it, you know, we like it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you know, the same style uh, for, an album, you know, the same overall style of for an sure. album. Especially with hardcore, they, because, like, I can tell you, like, bands that I love in hardcore, uh, like, Counterparts, uh, Burials, you know, bands like that, even End, I guess you could say we reviewed them earlier this year. They do definitely have a repetitive sound to it, but it's still an interesting sound that, you know, you can keep listening to and not get entirely bored with. It's just yeah, like, and you know they they change it up. They in do the, in the album sometimes. You don't have to. I mean, this was literally like speed metal through the entire album. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's like the whole. I don't know if it's even his vocals either, but like that lower, like uh, raspier, lower kind of vocal style that he does in hardcore i don't think that's really appealed to me there's that and then there's the style that like stray from the path has where it's like like i when it's like higher pitched and it's hardcore i don't like you know changing gambino to hardcore. but yeah it's just it's it's something to do with that even too for me personally but that's just me continue no, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, like, if you're going to have, like, the same style throughout an album, at least change up some of the beats here and there, you know. And the vocals did kind of annoy me through it because, like, him tr- attempting to scream, uh, <laughs> but it wasn't a scream. It was just, you know, Batman coming out here. Who's Batman? <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. I'd overall, you know, a five. 
uh, I probably will go back and listen to Hate Breed at some point and be like, for sure, oh, it's the same sound. <laughs> Literally, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you, uh, Sebastian. Um, Hate Breed. They, uh, <laughs> um, actually, I didn't mind this album a lot. Uh, I, I liked it pretty much. Um, I never actually listened to Hate Breed ever. I, I know it's kind of blasphemous for me to say, but I have never listened to Hatebreed before this album, so I didn't really know that, you know, I, I knew they'd been around for a while, so I, I get that. Um, you know, I, I did like the thrashier bits of the, uh, of the, of the album. Um, you know, the vocals were pretty tight, uh, and then the intensity was also pretty good there. Uh, I, I don't know, I didn't really like I didn't really like give this one like crazy amount of critiques because I've kind of already heard it everywhere before. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's hate breed, and you know what? Good job, guys. Uh, I give you guys a seven and a half out of ten. First time I ever used a point five interval, but uh, I'm gonna use it for this because yeah, it could be an eight, but that would mean it has to be more original than just uh, this album. That's so, fair. Yeah, eight out or seven out seven and a half out of ten. Ooh, man, stutter. <laughs> all good but yeah i gotcha i gotcha so yeah there you have it we got a few more albums to go but before we do let's have a word from our sponsor and we are back let's hop into it here with the new pale face album their debut album chapter three the last selection so pale face man this is a band that i'm so glad i didn't sleep on they are from oh my god where are they from again they're not american i'm pretty sure they're like swedish or something like would not be surprised honestly like i don't remember exactly but they are definitely a european band um they've come out with a couple eps that were like chapter one and two with whatever name it was i'm not familiar with them but those are the eps and chapter three i guess was supposed to be like or is rather the main album and whew, holy shit i was not expecting a face slapper of an album but this shit goes stupid hard like we're talking beatdown mixed with deathcore that's just in your fucking face like these guys are absolutely incredible i mean every song off this album it's it's nonstop. Like everything is insane, and I believe like it, it's uh, it leaves me speechless. Even like there's moments on here that it's just like you could hear it definitely from other bands, but I don't know. There's something about his vocal delivery because he can go from like super low gutturals with pig squeals, and then like the mid range, and then he can get a little bit high range in there too. Like I love when a vocalist can just mix it up on an album and not stay consistent with one single scream, much like in Hatebreed, how he keeps that same whatever low growl yell of whatever hardcore thing that is this album from paleface completely different story it's just in your face and i love the one thing i love the most is just the call outs and everything that like happened right before the breakdown when you get a call out before a breakdown it's just that's the thing that's gonna get you pumped it's like you're getting ready and then when it comes oh it smacks you in the face. It's insane. There's not a single bad song off this album. It was 
if it's not clear, this is my favorite album of the week. Uh, even at one point, whenever they did that little uh, PSA thing for like you know it was saying how like it was like a very like purge-esque kind of thing it pretty much was the purge when like he was like talking and all like this is like you know the last selection and all like everything goes for the next like eight hours literally like what they say in the purge pretty much but without saying this is the purge it's kind of like eerie even too because anytime i hear that public service announcement like uh, uh, kind of noise like it actually like puts me on edge because it's just like it's an alert like you know like i'm i'm all ears i'm listening like what's gonna happen and then of course you know the album the song kicks in next and just punches you in the face but yeah this album eight and a half out of ten it's a banger if you love this style of metal or even like hardcore since it is still somewhat beat down go check it out it is the shit absolutely loved it uh sebastian what do you have to say about it Uh, yeah this is great (laughs) honestly phenomenal uh i oh man when he hit that first pig squeal i was just i was on the just i was just in awe, I'm like, God, this is this is what I needed. Under, <laughs> you know, you gave me you gave me something with them pig squeals, but now I'm I'm hearing the real thing. I'm hearing a goddamn good pig squeal. Fucking what? If it's not a, you know, it's not fucking there. And guess what? <laughs> fucking deliver. I am truly happy with this complete album. Everything, like the breakdowns, they make me want to fucking kick every ass within a two mile radius of me. <laughs> I am just ready to just tango. Okay, this is a just this is a great album. This makes me, you know, I I know I've said this about other you know metal bands this year, but it's been a while since I've heard a metal album this good this year, and I, I'm glad to say this is definitely my favorite metal album of the year, other than possibly another. But we'll talk about that like you know, a little bit later in the year when we could do our top tens, but yeah, this, the production just insane. Uh, the audio samples, like you said, with the PSA, Nate, like everything just worked, man. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just, it sounded just wild. And then you had that like, kind of like cult, like uh, album cover as well. You know, it just, it reminded me a lot of like, just the craziest, like intense moments of uh, midsummer. Yeah. With, uh, it, it reminded me a lot of that, which is the intensity that's just brewing from it. And then you had the audio samples of, like, the people screaming and stuff while, like, murder's going on and whatnot. It's like, like, oh, no, they're putting them in the bear suit. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, somebody else going in the bear suit, you know. It's, it's yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, definitely my, you know, definitely my favorite album of the week. I just, I, I'm just going to say good till the goddamn last drop, you know. 10 out of fucking 10 right here love to see it trent what do you gotta say solid album like the the psa thing that thing like like nate it always gets me on edge like uh the beginning of the die dying desolation album or the, the ep yeah yeah bro that one and this one both i was like Yo, <laughs> it's just oof. Like the was that intro where it's like 
I can't even remember even what it said because it just there was so much shit going on. But uh, was it? Yeah, beginning beginning uh, of inevitable. Yeah, you know, like the you know the air horns going off and like people are dying. So it's just burning and then just the fucking demon coming up. With, oh, mm. I'm in agreement with Sebastian on this one. Like of this style, this year we have not had an album this good. Right. In terms uh, of metal, yes. Yeah, in terms well in in like this style, kinda like the oh, like what, the beat down. It's it's deathcore yeah, beat and beatdown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean we haven't really had like a good deathcore album, honestly. Right. Acacia strain and like a version's crown and then Okay, well the, it, we, those ones are you know, we know those are good. <laughs> we we know, dude. <laughs> right. No, I We get, know those though. are good. But I'm talking like in this much in your face because like a version's crown like i knew you know it was going to be you know that good death course of same, same with case right? i knew it was going to be good mm-hmm. uh, but the this b-town type of stuff is like honestly this is what i'm what i've been missing this year was this because it was so good and just so well done everything about it like i my head i was just like yeah 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 like this is mm, on a solid 10 out of 10 for this one it really just made me feel really good absolutely honestly yeah people at home if you love deathcore and beatdown seriously check this out these guys are pretty much the next big thing can almost guarantee it but even if you don't if you even if you don't like it listen to like the first song inevitable where it's just going yeah and what was the what was the uh the PSA. I'm trying to like think of what. Where was the PSA at? I think it was the thing that's literally titled three. I'm pretty sure because I know one, two, and three are all interludes, and it was the last interlude that the PSA was on. So I'm pretty sure it was three. Yeah, it was three because like it is. two yep. was two was really whack. Yeah, that one was. <laughs> I was just like, ah, oh, what is this? What's going on? But uh, yeah, but no, that 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 PSA and everything—it's it really just fit the mood of the album, and I honestly would love to hear more stuff from them, like whether it be next year, or like years come. I I don't know if I would go to a show. <laughs> you might that. die at a show. <laughs> I might die, but at least I get a T-shirt. Right. <laughs> Right, that's the and hopefully, hopefully a beer koozie. You know it. You already know. I I I have a collection of beer koozies from every concert I've been to. Oh really? Yeah, that's my my one weird thing that I collect is beer koozies. Uh, and if there's not a beer koozie, I get a bandana, which would be the Who and Kiss. I don't have one. From, that's that's solid one, though. I, I have one from Sabbath. I think I have a GNR one. I think it's two maybe. Uh, no, because I didn't have one the last time. Because I saw them twice. Um, I, I've just got a drawer full of different beer koozies. I've got some Call of Duty beer koozies. I got a Dr. Squatch beer koozie. Got a Pink Floyd one. It's Dark Side of the Moon. But I just have a shit ton of beer koozies. But if they. If fucking Paleface has a beer koozie, I'm buying it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? If there's a vinyl of this, I might get it. Unfortunately, not at the moment, but I'm sure, like, with how great of a reception this album's getting, I I feel like in the coming years that it will, or the coming months even. You never know. There's Bro, CDs. better. 
but yeah absolutely it's so fucking good go check it out guys but yeah we'll move on now let's get on to the hip-hop realm we got pegasus by trippy red trent you can go ahead and start us off with this so i'm assuming out of the three of us i have a liked trippy red a lot more like for a longer time and be no more trippy red than you guys do yes i can i can even confirm that okay i figured so as i know like more of the modern uh rap stuff i like more than you guys you guys are a little bit late on that train i think i'm getting i'm like still i'm progressively moving along but like yeah i'd say you're definitely ahead in that term yeah um although you guys started like more of the contemporary stuff before i did but um trippy red's album uh, I'm going to start it off by saying, honestly, it was really good. Um, I w am not the biggest Trippy Red fan, but it was a good album overall. The only things I have to say about it, uh, well, only bad things I have to say about it, that the title track, Pegasus, it was kind of underwhelming. Uh, and, like, it, it kind of got uh, repetitive a little bit. I know, like, there's only so much you can do. And it is a, actually a long album. Um, yeah, you got over an hour. Songs, hour 14. Um, but what made up for it, honestly, was all of the features. You had some really solid features on this album. You know, whether it be Future, Rich the Kid, fucking Busta Rhymes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sean Kingston, which is a name you know, haven't heard before in a long time. Um. Chris Brown. I don't know, like, Chris Brown's making a comeback, which is weird. Um, but, yeah, honestly, for the length of the album, the features really uh, made it well worth the listen. Uh, and, and, you know, if anybody out there is a Trippy Red fan, uh, hopefully they are, because the way that he's been doing things lately, I, like, I feel like he's put, like, a new spin on his music with this album, because it's very... Uh, R&B-esque. Um, I feel like it's, it's really, you know, if he stays on this track, I bet a lot more people would like him. You know, people who like uh, Tyler and stuff. Um, I feel like that would be good. If, if he went in a direction like Tyler does, I feel like that would be really interesting to see. Uh, and he's a, you know, a good artist overall. I didn't like him you know, when Trippy Red was coming up, I really didn't like him. Uh, mostly because of the whole, like, Def Leppard logo thing. Mm. But, yeah. Um, but no, overall, really like the album. Solid seven and a half for me. Um, you know, it's what got me mostly is the length. Uh, we had two very long albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's... I, I love a good feature uh and everybody on here i don't have a problem with um except for chris brown um <laughs> but no i honestly the the busta rhymes feature really just threw me off but it was so good because <laughs> i was just like i know wait hold up <laughs> right yeah but is that no. Hon honestly please go listen to this album it's really good uh i i listen to albums all the way through straight through and this album kind of it really connected 
So if you are going to listen to it, don't listen to it on shuffle. Listen to it all the way through because the songs do connect with beats and things like that. And it's well worth the listen. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm... I was getting out of breath there. No, yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Honestly, I don't get the hate for this album at all. And I know this is probably going to be shocking for me to say because most of these, like, you know, SoundCloud rappers and, like, you know, emo modern day rappers, I'm not, like, too fond of but i really fucked with this trippy red album i mean it was just it was different because it had like those more like you said trend like the r&b style in it compared to his older works yeah. than at least that i've heard even uh, mainly like from a love letter to you four uh but it was it's i think it's an improvement people say like you know he's getting lazier with his music and like this is like his worst album yet and all this stuff and like maybe i'm just missing something because i'm not familiar too much with his actual like you know discography really like i don't i'm not you know too familiar with it but i don't know i like this album a lot uh like you said, Trent, a lot of features. I was very surprised to see a Sean Kingston feature. I was like, well, yeah. all right, sure, come on in. Hey, Sean, you Mr. Kingston. Always so beautiful. You know? And, like, Lil Wayne made an it's appearance. It's a wrong song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lil Wayne made an appearance and everything, too. We got Future. Like, a lot of known people are on this project, and it's... It's awesome. I think it's great. The biggest complaint I have is we, the song, is weird. And, like, the ending is the strangest ending I've ever heard in a rap song in general. I just don't understand why he thought he needed to include a very childish we at the end of the song like that. I just – it's kind of cringy, not going to lie. Like, I – it was like kind of cool, like how he was experimenting with his vocals throughout the song, and then he threw that part in, and I'm like, well, now you kind of ruined it. Like, I don't, I don't want to be listening to the song, you know, doing something, and then all of a sudden I get this weird childlike thing at the end. Like, I'm good, but that's the only real bad thing I have to say about it. Overall, it was awesome. It was, it was long, yes, but like. To my surprise, even with how long it was, I still loved most of the album. In fact, I think I didn't save, like, four songs to the master playlist. So, yeah, 8 out of 10 for me. It's it's a good project, I'd say. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, Sebastian? You guys have basically said uh, all of my points. I mean, Truby Red has never really been much of a uh, forefront rapper for me. I haven't really put much uh, thought into his music or uh, much listening as well. But this album, Pegasus, I can definitely say was pretty damn tight. Uh, you know, the flows were pretty damn good. And sorry if you hear some construction, my neighbor's fixing away at uh, something right now. But, Very good. Um, yeah, my, I had to open up a window because my room's like boiling. Hashtag <laughs> reptiles, am I right? Um <laughs> But uh, the airtight production was very, very nice. Uh, kind of echoed a bit for the title for the title track. Like when I say echo, yes, it is intentional. Of course, you know you're gonna add echo for kind of like a bigger sound. But the echo for me was a little bit too much, and I think it just kind of made it sound really amateurish when it came to it i i don't really say that too often but it did not sound like a professional way to add an echo but that's just me i'm not you know i i'm 
I'm one to talk about mixing. I barely know how to do it myself. But <laughs> with these echoes, it just doesn't sound like someone actually was paid to do this. It sounds like it was kind of thrown on haphazardly. But um, other than that, like the biggest issue with me is the title track, and then we. I did not. I, I agree with Nate with the whole childlike voice thing. So I, I kind of laughed. I was like, why? Why is that there? I I did not really understand why. Uh, do I think it was like the worst thing to have ever hit music? No, no, no. I mean, I've heard the baby before, so um, <laughs> yeah. Like the lyrics, you know, could have been better. But then again, this kind of music, it's been growing on me ever so slightly throughout the years. So uh, overall, I gave this one a flat seven out of ten, being my lowest rated this year. But it's still not a bad album overall. I mean, a C on a test is still pretty good in my book. You know, uh, I, if this is where Trippy Red is going, I'd love to see more of this. Honestly, more expansions on some of the ideas he has here. I would like to see a lot more of these in instrumentals as well in the background. I think they really do fit his flow very nicely. Um, you know, it just has a very kind of whimsical sense to it like a Pegasus would have when they're flying, you know, in the mythical world. So, like I said, this album, it works pretty damn well. Uh, yeah, 7 out of 10. Good shit. Love to see it. All right, well, we'll move on to our final album here, The Smashing Pumpkins, Back at It. Uh, with the album, is it Seer or Sire? How would you pronounce that? Yes. I, I literally thought it was C-Y-R. <laughs> right, right. Just like an acronym or something, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know either, but Sire, Seer, whatever, potato, potato. Uh, Sebastian, go ahead and start us off with this one. Okay, cool. Um, I really do like the Smashing Pumpkins a lot. They're a huge, huge influence on my sound. And I know I say that with a lot of groups, but Smashing Pumpkins is definitely up there because I'm a huge 90s boy. Um, just from the music, I was not born in the 90s or anything. Um, <laughs> but I really thought it was different from a lot of their work. And I said this to Nate earlier. I thought this was basically if you take Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness and just if it came out today. You know, I thought this is definitely I, I think this is a logical, good progression for the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, one little issue I did have, and I know it might be very half and half with people, is, of course, Billy Corgan's voice. Um, I do think that it worked for this, but it came with more lessons than one. I can say that it was very jarring to hear these very pretty background vocals and you hear ah, over the fucking top of it <laughs> it's true <laughs> that was like the biggest part i'm sorry that caught me so off guard <laughs> just Oh, actually, you know, I'm sorry. I literally just remembered this. The Wii and Trippy Red's album, like the, it sounded like the fucking. Uh, you guys remember the old Geico commercial with the pig? Oh, yeah. That's what that reminded me of, and that's why I liked that. Oh, okay, that's a reasonable and like I like <laughs> I get it. I get it. Oh man, but just... <laughs> continue some match. That's too fucking funny. No, 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 it's 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 okay. Um. You know, one thing I was kind of sad about is they did not include their bassist. I don't know why, but they didn't have a DRC on there. She's definitely a huge focal point for me in the group. I really like her bass lines a lot. But the bass work in this album, nonetheless, 
is very good. Uh, you know, the synth as well with the percussion mixed very, very nicely. I mean, just, I love having the synth sound on here. It just, it just, it was so good, honestly. I, I'm really surprised that Smashing Pumpkins, 20-something years into their career, is still trying to be innovative more than taking old sound and just basically adding new mix to it. You know, it was different, but I like it a lot. And you can tell they are definitely stirring up a lot more uh, creativity because the band is now back together from their original set, minus, of course, DRC. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. You know, I, I still, you know, other than my comment earlier, I still think Billy Corgan's voice did work on a lot of the tracks. Just some, some were kind of like jarring, but, you know, I, I know Dayton's friend will probably talk about it with their uh, their takes, but for this one, I gave this one a uh, wait, where's my oh, there it is, eight out of ten. All right, love to see it, Trent. Oh, I'm, I'm still trying to co- recover, man. That was... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, honestly, I love Billy Corgan's voice. I, I've always liked his voice. Uh, nothing bad about it. Um, this album I do feel uh, is really good and I do like uh, where they're going with their sound because uh, this album I'm just going to call it CYR because it's a lot easier to say that for sure (laughs) Uh, it is almost like it can be shiny no so bright volume one no past no future no me all that shit it's almost like um, a part two, if you will, to that one, uh, even though it doesn't say it. But it's definitely cool what they're doing and really, like Sebastian said, innovative, uh, this new sound that they're going for. You know, it's sad about, you know, bassists and all that stuff. Um, but no, I really did enjoy this album. As long as it was, uh, it was really really amazing to hear from Smashing Pumpkins again. Uh, especially with something like this. Because this is... I mean, I am in total agreement. Like, This is exactly what Melancholy would be if it was written today. Um, not as long. <laughs> well, um, Melancholy was pretty long in and of itself. It was pretty long in itself, but I mean... I mean, shit, that's almost a... That's a two-hour album. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um... But no, I, I, I do feel strongly about that, that it was is pretty much the same. I mean, even... I, I feel like you could probably combine uh, Melancholy and Siamese Dream and it would be this. Um, yeah. Because, like, there's, there's parts I see of, you know, Siamese Dream. But overall, I really enjoyed the album. Uh, the Color of Love is just a solid opening track and it really painted the picture of the entire album um you know billy corkin's voice (laughs) (laughs) um no all of the work on this album was so amazing the greatest thing is uh spotify doing the visualizers oh i was having such an amazing time just watching those as i was listening i don't know if you guys caught those i saw a little bit of it they were actually pretty cool they were so cool. It was every song was something different. It was really just those things helped me 
honestly um to just get more into the album like that like, and the notes as well uh on some of them i don't think this one had notes but the visualizers really just for this album really painted uh, a really amazing picture for what they were trying to go for and i didn't mind the length of it uh you know trippy reds i you know a little bit because you know some of it gets repetitive after a while but i don't think there was one thing on this album that i could say that was like repetitive uh other than the style but that's how it was supposed to be mm-hmm. and overall i would definitely go back to this album i uh, give it a solid eight and a half um this one for length as well just because it was very long like i kept looking i was like i have seven songs five songs left all right down to four <laughs> right um just because I, I wanted to get to you know the other albums we had i think pale face was right after this one i think so i wanted to Ooh. you know get to it yeah it was definitely an eye opener <laughs> <laughs> you're going from going, one genre to another <laughs> i'm going literally two different ends of the spectrum <laughs> let's go from 40 miles per hour to 100 on that one yeah god damn no yeah. it please go listen to this album uh if you don't know Smashing Pumpkins, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you because, doing? Question mark. Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, Smashing Pumpkins is honestly one of my favorite alternative bands. Yeah, I got to see them live play like their best set list ever. Like when they all Most got back videos. together. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. They're my uncle's favorite band. Uh, my uncle's top two bands are uh, Smashing Pumpkins and Tool. Oh, nice. Yeah, I went to go see Tool. It was great. (laughs) Good shit. Yeah, so... Get out of here, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, with this album, one of the biggest things alone that surprised me, other than, like, you know, not even the direction, because they've done synth pop in the past, it's the fact that they're on Sumerian Records now. This is the same record label that has Black Veil Brides, Poppy, After the Burial, Ask Alexandria, The Faceless, like... I don't know. It's like it's like a band like this with bands like those, like these up and coming, like heavier, like rock bands and all metal bands. It's very interesting to see them on like such a like an independent label like that. But Samarian has been like starting to get like some, or at least like not even Samarian, like some of these other smaller uh, record labels that I know that have like those scene core quote unquote bands. Uh, they're starting to pick up some very popular and well known bands. I know. Rise Records has like Seven Dust and uh, Five Finger Death Punch. I'm pretty sure are on those labels. Like, it's impressive. I, I'm. It's very interesting to see like bands like that on those labels. But yeah, going with the album here, it's, it's something. It's definitely something. I am on the very mixed spectrum, kind of like what Sebastian was describing as is like you know with Billy Corgan's vocals incorporated in this. The instrumentals are great. The synth is fantastic. His vocals, you know, you kind of, you have to really appreciate Billy Corgan's vocals in order to appreciate this album, I feel like. Like, you have to love this no matter what you hear in the background included with it because his vocal style works perfectly with Siamese Dreams and uh, Melancholy because, you know, that's just... Those are just the iconic albums that mainly everybody knows from Smashing Pumpkins, and that's what they're used to. And not a lot of people are probably used to the synth pop stuff, despite it being a previous experiment that the band has worked on in the past. But 
yeah, there was moments I loved about this album. There was moments I couldn't care less for. There was moments where I was like, why is that even on here? I mean, I know it's still an alternative album, but, like, it's just kind of weird for me from, like, going from, like, three synth songs and then, okay, here's an acoustic track with a little bit of piano in the background. I'm like, uh, you know, but I do have to give the backing vocalists, the female vocalists, credit they definitely added some flavor to this album, I have to say. As we were talking about before, it kind of gave me like a Pink Floydish vibe uh, when I was listening to this. I was like, all right, that's cool. I actually really like what they did, especially with the title track with the female vocalist included in the, in the chorus. I thought that was tight. I thought that was great. And if I did have to pick a favorite, I would say The Color of Love kind of did grow on me, although... I don't know. It's again with his vocal style. Like the way he was singing the chorus, it was just very unusual to me. It's very experimental, I would say, in my opinion, with this. But yeah, I'm I can't really give it a rating. I didn't quite finish it. I had a few songs. I mean, I could technically, but I feel like in order to give an album a full rating, I have to listen to the entire thing. But it's definitely something I do want to revisit sometime just because it's like you know, it's such an interesting project. It's something I wouldn't expect them to go back to, but here we are, and they're kind of making it work. It's just getting past his vocals and getting used to that style. Like, even the time limit doesn't bother me. Like, it's, it's not like... It's long, but it's not too terribly long. Like, it's it's Smashing Pumpkins. You can expect a long album from them. So, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. As of now, I am just very mixed about this, and... I will probably revisit this sometime in the distant future. But yeah, that's concluding our album review session. We're going to do album recommendations, boys. Let's get it. Let's get it. Uh, Trent, do you have one ready? Fuck. (laughs) 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 Let's get it. You got it ready? Fuck. That was great. <laughs> Sebastian, if you have one ready, actually, you can go first then. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, great. please correct me if this one has been done. I've been listening to it a lot recently. So if you've already talked about it, Nate, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll change it. But uh, wait, call it Rivers of Nile where, where owls know my name. I talked about it. Okay, so Trent did talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's still a fantastic album. It's still a fantastic album. Yeah, I was going to talk about that one because I've been listening to that one like all week. Uh, let me see what I got. Where the uh, owls know me. Oh, so good. Um, If you don't got one, I got one. I could start us off. You know what? I'll just I'll throw in one that is kind of a classic that not even a lot of Tool fans listen to. Uh, I'm just gonna throw in Undertow, honestly. All right. Um, Go for it. Yeah, Undertow. I honestly I don't understand why not a lot of people like this one, especially Tool fans. Like, because it's not Justin Chancellor. I mean, does it matter that much though? Like, I've heard a lot of people say that they're like, it's not Justin Chancellor. I'm like. Bro, I like Justin Chancellor, but you got to admit, like, come on. I mean, literally, like, Paul Diamore did a great job on bass. Oh, yeah. He did. I he, Justin Chancellor put a guitar sound to it, but for a solid bass, like, Paul Diamore did an amazing job. Well, the difference in their playing, like, Paul Diamore is definitely, like, 
he's more of like a Tim Comerford uh, of Rage Against the Machine kind of style. He likes yeah. to do a lot of like kind of funk sound to his bass playing. And um, what I call Justin Chancellor is very much, I'm going to follow the kick drum to a T and then maybe throw in some octave pedals, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, obviously they both have very contrasting tones and I, I can understand if you prefer one over another, but to skip a whole album because of that, I'm sorry. I just, I think that's kind of like, I think that's kind of BS, but here's the thing. That's just the inner, like, you know, Stan Toll fan in me. But um, with this, with this album though, it explores a lot of the darker uh, I can say darkest themes of Tool. Uh, you know, you have the song Prison Sex, which is probably my favorite off the album. Uh, that one is quite literally about being fucked really hard in a prison. I'm not going to say the what the word is, but you get it. it uh, it's very hardcore. I mean, like, some of the Maynard's, like, very, like, you know, raspy vocals, and I guess you can call them screams, like, Jesus Christ, it's just so raw. You know, it's not like it's not raw like opiate because I I can say opiate's more like the rawest sound you can get from Tool, but like with this, you can definitely see the band taking more of that progressive edge to their tone, and um, especially with especially with tracks like the Flood, uh, and then you also have like Crawl Away. I, I think those songs are just also like huge huge bangers. I mean, like, I know the flood has like a four-minute buildup, but it's like a flood, you know. It it's awesome. There's some awesome, awesome tracks on this, and I honestly don't see why it just doesn't get as much recognition as like Ten Thousand Days or uh, Lateralis. Like, just because they don't use math in this, you know, album doesn't mean it's not like good. You know, it's just darker and more grit without Justin Chancellor. That's it. You know, it's still good as shit. Nice. Uh, yeah, good shit. I honestly, the only reason I don't like that album personally, I mean, it's a good album, but it's my least favorite only because the mix for me, I'm going to pull you, Sebastian, the mix is a little weird for me. Like, it just sounds quieter than the other albums. And if they did a, like, you know, a reissue or like a re, like a, some sort of re-recording or whatever of it, like, that'd be tight. Like, I would actually be on board with that. But it's still a great album. Yeah, I do agree with you on that. I mean, you can tell it's their first, like, full-length album. Right. You know, there's, there's some rougher mixes. But to consider it not be a listenable album, as some Tool fans put it, like, I have a good friend of mine who's, you know, a huge Tool fan, but he won't even touch this album because he's like, oh, yeah, it's not Justin Chancellor. It just doesn't sound like Tool. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> Major still does his goddamn best and, like, you know, uh, what's his name? Danny Carey is still hammering away at those drums like no one else, you know? It's just, yeah, I do understand, though. The mix is a little bit rough in some parts, especially uh, especially Crawl Away, because they have, like, beginning and, uh, beginning and ending instrumental tracks that you can't hear, and then when you turn it up, another sound comes in, like, in the beginning. It's like, it's like... <laughs> hear it and all yours you know and then like it's, fucking, like, <laughs> it's like i'm like okay guys it's not crescendo that's just ear rape so like it's just <laughs> bro are you doing that there's a fucking ear rape 
Right. Yeah, you see what I mean. Sorry for the sorry for the headphone listener. Uh, bro, Nate, flavor for the end. Nate, don't even don't even turn that down. I'm oh, gonna I listen won't. back to that, <laughs> and I'm gonna crack up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Uh, for my recommendation, I don't think I've done this before, but even if I have, it's still worth a listen. Uh, we're gonna go with Landon Tours' Withdrawals album. It is. Oh, yeah. oh my god this album is so underrated it is absolutely a banger it's a hidden gem landon tours the lead vocalist of the plot new does a lot on the side with his solo work and this album which was his third album i believe technically it he incorporates like hip-hop little bit of metalcore r&b alternative it's all on this and like he's just got so many good songs on this like literally like touched your skin has like as sort of basic as it sounds such a great like breakdown slash like bass droppy moment it's it's incredible uh never whole very emotional driven song as well as something to lose she thinks of me a very uh very sexually based song about you know girl uh you know thinking of him when she's uh, having sex with what seems to be a current lover, you know, themes like that are definitely present on this album, but it's just so beautifully done. And it's a project that everyone should listen to. It's so underrated. So please check that one out. Landon tours withdrawals. Uh, Trent, what do you have for us then? I don't think I've done this and my God, I hope I haven't because this is one of my favorite albums of all time this is definitely like top 20 stuff uh i'm going with led zeppelin one all right i think you did like one other led zeppelin i don't think it was led zeppelin one though no i don't think it was led zeppelin one i gotta i think you talked about house of the holy if I'm yeah honest. yeah mm-hmm. i did because i have that on record um i surprisingly have a lot of led zeppelin on record because of my dad i have what do i have I have Led Zeppelin 3, uh, Houses of the Holy, Physical Graffiti, Presence, uh, Into the Outdoor, uh, and like another one, I think, um, all on. Oh, I have the, the movie one. I don't remember which one that one is, but I have that one. Uh, the song remains the same. I have that one too. Um, but no, yeah. Led Zeppelin 1 is honestly an amazing album. It is definitely as like classic rock as you can get you know considering it was their first album uh and the name led zeppelin has always been in my house one of my dad's all-time favorite bands you know my mom loved led zeppelin i maybe my sister likes led zeppelin i don't know she listened to pop and stuff so (laughs) um but no led zeppelin one has like all of the songs that you know uh like days and confused good times bad times oh what movie was that in Good Times, Bad Times was in a movie. With, uh, uh, are you thinking of American Hustle? Yeah, American Hustle. Mm-hmm, with Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. <clears throat> yeah, that one. I never yep. saw that one, but I know the trailer had Good Times, Bad Times. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty solid um, movie. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite songs off of this album uh, has to be Black Mountain Side or Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. Uh, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You is just solid you know 60s because it 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 very it varies on the pace at which it goes it's very slow you know with like 
um, you know, the guitar and stuff very slow, and then it goes you know a little heavier when Bonham comes in with the drums, and Bonham is probably one of my top five drummers. Um, everybody knows that he is just outstanding. Uh, I mean, he's nicknamed John Bongo Bonham for a reason. Uh, and yeah, Led Zeppelin one, just fucking amazing. Uh, please go listen to it. It's honestly Led Zeppelin, one of their best. Uh, I mean, I love almost every Led Zeppelin album. Uh, I think with the exception of like maybe Led Zeppelin four. Um, but I don't know. No, not Led Zeppelin 4. What am I fucking thinking of? I can't think of shit. Oh, Into the Outdoor. Not my favorite, but I still love it. Um, that one's probably bottom of the list for me. Led Zeppelin 4 is good. That is probably like number three. Just because it has, you know, it's got all of the hits. It's got Black Dog, Rock and Roll, Stairway to Heaven, Going to California, Misty Mountain Hop. Uh, you know. Honestly, just go listen to Led Zeppelin. Fuck it. How about that? Go listen to Led Zeppelin. Don't go. be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. Listen to Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin's, Led Zeppelin's good. I don't care who says it. I don't care how many times Stairway to Heaven is played. I I honestly don't... It, Stairway to Heaven for me is like Don't Stop Believing for, from Journey. I don't like them because they're overplayed, but the musical craft it took to create those songs, I appreciate. I mean, but I, I, I don't mind some other Journey songs. I hate Wheel in the Sky because... It, it annoys me, but like oh, faith. I, I love that. I'm sorry. I do faith too. Fully, I do too. Faithfully by Journey. That one man. Ooh. Faithfully by Journey. That song is amazing. That song is beautiful too. That I have a story about that once we finish up. I gotta tell you guys. Oh, <laughs> Don't big bet. And actually, uh, do you want to hear a funny story about Journey? Uh, really quick. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so Journey was actually so Steve Perry as a vocalist. He only became a vocalist. I mean, obviously, very fucking talented. But the sole and main reason why he became a vocalist is just so he can get laid. <laughs> is I that think true? I remember hearing. I it literally like he talked about. It. He's like, yeah, you know, I I thought it'd be a good gig. You know, uh, people were like, yeah, I like your voice. And I'm like, I didn't want to do music at the time, but I guess so. It gets me laid. You know, might as well. <laughs> he wasn't even being sarcastic. He was just upfront about that. It was just, it was so funny to hear. Like, what the hell, dude? But honestly, go you, man. Like, you got a voice. Goddamn, use it for something, I guess. Yeah. And now he's not in the band, and he's a... And now he's, <laughs> now he got replaced by a Filipino dude that's like, literally sounds just like him somehow. <laughs> yeah. Although a lot of people say that they will not see Journey without Steve Perry. Like literally, you close your eyes, and it sounds the same. I'm sorry. I, I didn't see them with the new singer, but I've listened to live shows with him, and I really can't hear that much of a difference. Obviously, certain inflections and certain uh, timbre uh, part, certain, like, certain timbre for uh, songs are a little bit different, but honestly, it's it's like, yeah, it's it's really not that much different. It's kind of like with Queen when they had uh, Adam Lambert. Okay, listen, that one's way different. I'm sorry. As much as I as much as I hate the dog on Freddy, like Adam Lambert is a way more tremendous vocalist. That's fair. And uh, e even though he sounds very different, he sounds more trained because he is and he was a Broadway like star as a young kid. So like, I mean, the guy his voice is just one in a million. I mean, so is Freddie, 
So, I mean, that's a plus to Queen having two insanely good vocalists. But for Adam Lambert, I mean, it'll be like replacing Whitney Houston with Mariah Carey in her heyday. You know, very, very similar, but obviously one's like a showboat and the other one's like insanely talented, you know? Right. I hear you. I hear you. But all right, my dudes, that's going to be the end of it here. Uh, Sebastian Trent, as always, thank you for joining and we will see you guys in the next episode this has been the music corner with the 808s and we are signing off